The warmest of greetings to you and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching, where we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me this week is... Abby Marison, Education Programme Manager from Festival Bridge, and I was a primary school teacher for 10 years. And Bex, I am a school leader with lots of experience teaching all the way through the primary age ranges. I also have experience in initial teacher training as well. And today we are planning lessons in design and technology with this week's folktale from rural England. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for The Farmer and the Boggart. There you can sign up to become an epic educator, which will let you stream to your children a video of me telling the story. Get a copy as an ebook or paperback illustrated by the colossally colourful Mario Coelho. Download the full audiobook at any time and even pick up some tips for telling the story yourself. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Abby and Bex here as we delve into DT with Farmer Rob. And Abby, do you want to start today um, with the ages four to seven? What do you have for us here? Sure thing. So I've really been thinking, particularly because uh, this week I've been listening to quite a lot of things that the Crafts Council have got to offer to schools just in terms of free CPD and a national challenge they've got going on. So I was trying to think about how you could use some of those free resources and link that in with this particular um, piece of work. So I was trying to think around your, your D&T. So uh, one of the lovely things that forest schools do is they, they work with willow. I was actually uh, mm. basket weaving yesterday uh, as a birthday present to my mum. Oh, so wow. um, really nice to think about how you've got that gross motor well, it's really fine motor control, isn't it, with your with your weaving? So when you're using willow, it's definitely a mixture. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> so I was thinking maybe you could think about making a willow fence to keep the boggart out. You know, uh, could you could you do something like that? So uh, yeah, I was thinking around what being outdoors and 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 those kind of things. But uh, uh, I was also thinking around things like embroidery, crochet, mm-hmm. uh, some of the other things you can do in craft, and. Um, I love, I've seen lots of really nice sort of mini pumpkins that my mother-in-law makes out of crochet and things like that. So you could actually have a a whole, whole class kind of make all the vegetables from, Mm -hmm. from what's been grown out of uh, embroidery and and make little, not the easiest thing to do. I think there's a lot of skill in that. So I'm not sure that you'd get a a finished piece of crochet, Mm. but maybe simple felt and sewing. So some of that um, stitching maybe for for creating. Yeah, well, picking up on that idea, obviously the Boggart, as well as being a character in stories, was essentially a a character of superstition, as were uh, witches and sprites and elves and so on. And a lot of the folklore that we have are the creation of wards, objects that you use to keep those nasty creatures at bay. And this this was essentially the, the craft of the day. You know, that they would have um, made their little dream catchers, their little talismans, etc. And then they would have gone to the market and sold them. But a lot of those were using the sorts of home skills that you are talking about here, like 
embroidery like weaving um like even simple printing and carving um so you could perhaps um use some of that craftsmanship to explore the the superstitions of the time uh halloween on this you know thinking mm. about pumpkins vegetables and and linking all of that in and carving pumpkins maybe uh, and one of the other things I was thinking around making some of those uh, physical resources around whether it's been embroidered or sewn or once you've got these kind of fake vegetables for your PE, although I know we're talking about design and technology today, but one of the key things in key stage one is throwing and catching. So why not use those resources rather than a bean bag? Why not yeah. use your soft carrot for throwing it or your, you know, your little turnip or whatever it is you've created and, and create some games around throwing and catching with with the things that you've made and like bogger in the middle that's exactly what <laughs> i was thinking yeah bogger <laughs> in Love the it. middle yeah bex then what would you have them doing in the age seven plus side of the primary school well, um, for DT, I don't normally have very many good ideas for DT. So when this sprouted, potato, because um, <laughs> it's linked to potatoes, when this sprouted out, I'm taking your puns away, Chip. Um, when this idea sprouted, I thought, oh, my gosh, this is a really fun one. Um, so we're going to have a potato party in um, Key Stage 2, so for the ages 7 to 11. So particularly look, thinking about DT, they've got all those skills of having a balanced learning about what a balanced diet is and mm. sometimes they would just like make a sandwich or a salad so i'm thinking we're going to do a mumby menu um because obviously they can grow potatoes so we know that the family only had one potato uh -huh. to feed the whole family so this is before the boggart disappears and um, but you've got this one potato so i was thinking we need to do a mumby menu because if they've only got one potato um they're going to get a bit bored if they only have mash say every day with this gotcha the potato is going to magically multiply I can see where this way, is just... going and <laughs> um, so we're going to have a mumby menu so the children are going to think about what you could do to with a potato so what you could provide your family with how you can make it into different dishes mm -hmm. so then thinking about um even linking it back to the skills in key stage one so for our um five to seven year olds actually like about um mashing and um uh, cut slicing and what can we make with the potatoes? They're going to make a mumby menu so like with the potatoes. Like hash browns for breakfast? Yeah, hash browns for breakfast, bit of chips for lunch. And obviously talking about the fact that's not a balanced diet, I mm. think that's obviously key, that they need to know they can't just eat potatoes. <laughs> I think I just basically ate potatoes a lot when I was at university. But you can also like cook it so you can look at reversible and, and so linking back to the science we talked about last week, mm -hmm. reversible and irreversible changes. So obviously when you mash something, can't make it back into a potato. Mm. Um, but just thinking the children would really love that challenge. Because I think sometimes we just make it a little bit too easy for them in DT mm. and just say, oh, here's a salad to make. But actually, this has a real purpose for their learning as well. And also variety is the spice of life. So yeah, this is exactly. setting them up to get more out of more out of their more own out cooking of that at one home. Potato. Yeah. Do you know, I don't think could. you're just educating your children, because I remember the first time I ate gnocchi, I was like, this is made of potatoes. I had no <laughs> idea. I thought it was pasta. So there's 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 some other things you can do around like crisps and and other things that are made from potatoes and yeah. you can make potato cake. Um, there's quite a lot of uh, for those who are dairy free or gluten free. There's a lot mm. of potato alternatives, so you could make all kinds okay. of things and people wouldn't know they're made of potatoes. Potatoes yeah, do great things. What what is a potato sneaking into that we don't know about? Um, and I always remember when my children had the privilege of going to our local farm and they showed 
the children what a great like maze they grow maize and what that provided them with mm. and the children were just amazed amazed and they were amazed at how many how many products that they knew came from what that farmer mm-hmm. produced and i think actually that would be a great opportunity as well to look at look at potatoes and then um a whole school you know how much i love bringing the whole school together a whole school project is obviously when the bogget is um done away with and um, the village can then grow its own um it grow its own vegetables and um i think they would definitely have some kind of festival a food festival so i was thinking each class would plan um a dish to prepare and bake and bring to the festival and we'd have I'd probably have it outside um and be and you could link it again again this might be for for a next year thing um into your harvest um being thankful for the food that we've got into um the American kind of Thanksgiving season mm-hmm. um so yeah. as well and just thinking about everyone coming bringing their food to the food festival and really thinking about okay what can they grow in that farm in Lincolnshire so it's not just a you can use any ingredient. It's uh, what can be grown on the farm. How can we harvest it? How long will it take to grow? Because obviously some of it magically grows, doesn't it? it more quickly. Does, yeah. um, so, but really thinking about what they can actually make from the produce that's coming from the land. Mm-hmm. And like um, Abby said last week about collecting things from like the local allotment, or you could have like a class allotment and actually grow something for the food festival yourselves as well definitely something in the the whole school element of that whether you're doing it in spring and you're thinking around world book day which is usually in march or whether you're thinking around the autumn term and it's sort of comic relief and children need sort of time if you're going to be doing a bake sale or you're going to be doing something where you're you're making stuff and selling it out on the playground link it all in you know let the whole school know you've been all studying this story share the story at home with your families dress up do, do all those things you were you were saying um bex but you know ha- have a purpose for it all and and tie it all together to make the parents know what they've got to join in with in terms of bringing produce but also so they know what's going on in the curriculum what are their yeah. children learning so they can support it absolutely and they could come i suppose as well that, that's <laughs> what i was thinking you could do it in um a sort of a storytelling market of marrakesh kind of way or, or the markets of marrakesh are where you can go to one stall and buy your food produce another stall and buy your clothes and another stall mm-hmm. and listen to a story so you could actually have a, a storytelling market where folks come in they get something for the charity bake sale then they go and they see some of the amazing art that your um young ones have produced and then they go and sit and listen to the kids sharing the story of the farmer and the boggart just like like they're at a market it, it would be a wonderful way to to have a, a day where everybody's doing something and everybody's got a role and a purpose and feeling valued at the same time and not to spoil for later this week but uh yeah dance and art I think Chip I've got some ideas on so <laughs> you could definitely have like a dance performance going on and, and an art gallery and yeah there, there's when it's all thought out strategically, there, there's so much potential, isn't there? And the great thing about doing activities in that sort of marketplace format is that your young learners will be doing their activity more than once. So it's not like um, doing a sort of presentation on your school stage where, you know, the, the, the children literally have one shot at it in front of everybody. They're performing again and again to smaller groups. So they kind of get that gradual build up 
of easing into it. They get sort of inbuilt rehearsal. Refining. Exactly. Refining what they do. And I often say when I help schools to arrange events like this, to let their parents know in the introductory material that they shouldn't just try and find their child straight away because they will see their child at their best if they go and explore around a little bit first and then find their own child. That's a good top tip. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) That's all we have time for today, folks. If you try out any of these ideas or if you'd like us to help you teach a topic you are soon to cover with your young learners, let us know on social media using at Teach Happily or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. Please also share this podcast around with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can enjoy effective and lifelong learning. Tomorrow, Farmer Rob and the Boggart will help us teach art. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio and we hope to hear your story soon. So... Cheerio! Cheerio. And we we hope hope to hear your your story story soon. soon!